what if someone told you there isn't just one world? What if they told you that your reality isn't the only one? What if they said that there are infinite realities, infinite Earths, infinite versions of yourself, all just a little bit different? What if they gave you the chance to explore them all? Welcome to Otherware, and welcome to our heroes. Pete Beck, a.k.a. Aaron Riley, former supervillain and social media celebrity, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, where he's trying to step out from under his own shadow and forge a new future. Juniper Junie Haraway, an inexperienced sorceress with explosive magic, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, where the loss of her grandfather and his magical expertise makes spell-slinging as the superhero mystic all the more challenging. Catherine Cat Slain II, a seasoned dimension traveler and daughter of the supervillain Transition, drifts in from Dimension 78341, Arcadia, an apocalyptic world being overtaken by supervillains. Phantom, formerly Noah Wilson, the ghost-like dimensional traveler, drifts in from Dimension 16209, a beautiful nature's paradise that evolved from a terrible world disaster. Quintessential hero, the naturally blue-haired not a protagonist, drifts in from Rancho Paseo Prime, a world where he's trying to live a normal life surrounded by far too many heroes, villains, and expectations. Rainy Woodrose Sunrise, a corporate-created hero, drifts in from World 60910, where superheroics are televised, sponsored, and largely risk-free. The ribbon of the multiverse shimmers against blackness, but it's clear there's something wrong. It isn't the smooth, rippling flow of worlds existing side by side, going on forever in parallel. It is, instead, a tangle. A massive knot of universes, of possibilities, colliding with one another in confused profusion. Come closer. The knot still sparkles. Fragments of Dementas glitter and twist as if trying to tug themselves free of the web, but between them run other strands, ones as flat and unyielding as metal, strands that hold everything into the visceral wrongness that is their current configuration. Closer, down and into the knot, between the strands, in and towards the center. Closer still, in the middle, in the very heart of the tangle, there is one dimension that alone seems relatively unharmed, Rather than restricting its movement, the metal strands seem to come from it, reaching into the multiverse like claws. Come down, in and through, into the sky of a shattered world, its blasted surface bleak and alien. It is still a city, but not one where people live. The only things moving against this landscape are robots. Their metal carapace is the same color as the strands damaging the multiverse. So the next scene starts with you guys at this briefing, surrounded by what soldiers Major Hero has access to, and he slams down two photos onto the desk and just goes, these are our targets. Camera zooms in onto the table, and 
you actually see two buildings. One is the WNUS radio news station with its big antenna on the roof. The other is, it looks like a nuclear power plant with the, the big uh, cooling stacks on it. The news station has been detected uh, giving off odd tachyon particles that disappear, not, not fade out, just disappear um, a little ways away. Our scientists have deduced that the Taurus AI is using it to contact other dimensions. And this is how they are communicating with their home dimension or their other, their other counterparts in other dimensions. The nuclear power plant is exactly what it looks like. We believe that if we can knock out their primary source of power, we would at least get an advantage in the upcoming combats that we're going to have. The issue is that I do not believe we have enough forces to take on both targets at once. And then he turns to you guys. At least I didn't have enough prior to yesterday. So th this is when Noah comes back. Um, so I know you guys just got here, but I think it's in your best interest to help us out here. I believe the way for you to get home is in one of two ways. One is to jack into this interdimensional network of theirs and use their communication system to hone in on your home dimension. The other way is to plug straight into the reactor and power the shit out of your ENA device. And he turns like the ENA and it has like a new like power socket into the back. So if you plug into this reactor and turn it on, it probably won't blow up. Uh, I would hope that it wouldn't blow up. We kind of need the ENA. I'd say 50-50. That doesn't sound like probably not. I'd say it's within rounding error range. So what's the, what is the other option you mentioned? Plug into the Tara's interdimensional communication array? Hmm. I honestly would prefer going that option because I've, I don't have good history with ENAs and exploding, and I would prefer to try and avoid that. To be fair, if the Ian explodes, I assure you won't be feeling anything at all. Uh, that doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny. I'd like to continue feeling things. You can see that there is this kind of like fear and sadness pass over Phantom's face before they kind of like look away. Because, of course, exploding ENA is what killed Ollie. Mm hmm. <laughs> uh, do you need to take another powerful blow here? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is definitely something that fan chubs. This sounds like an emotional powerful blow. I wouldn't love it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've got to leave. We'd be like, just... Uh, just... Fig you two can figure out which one we're going to do. I just need to... I need to go. Fan is going to just float off to a different room. Just a different place in this grocery store. <laughs> Go sit on top of a, a shelf. Well, it sounded like we were leaning towards the not explodey one. Less chance of exploding with this option, sure. Bad news is that there's a decent chance they'll know you were there and where you went. Then you give me an explosive charge and we blow it up behind us. Blow what up? The dimension? No, the 
their network, their hub. We plug in, we leave. After we're gone, it blows up, cuts off their reinforcements to here, and they don't follow us. That could work, uh, but nothing's stopping them from rebuilding. They just have to fix it. It's a temporary solution. But maybe that's all we need. If it gives you an opening, you take it. That sounds like the opening that we are aiming for here. If we can handle this two-pronged attack, if you guys can disable the network on your end, we will disable their uh, main source of power on the other end, and we might be able to at least gain some purchase in this in this war. And that's a whole hell of a lot more than we have now. All right. I'm into it. Explosives. Okay. What can we... With their whole shielding thing, we'll figure something out. I'm... You, just straight up concussive force won't do the trick? We've tried C4. It did work. Like everything else does. Just once. Huh. I see. Interesting. Cool. Fun. Great. No. All right. Uh, uh. Great. My plan sounds less awesome now that I don't know what we're going to blow it up with. (sighs) All right. Game face. Game face. Come on. If there's one thing that I know Noah is good at is making things explode. So I'm sure he'll find a way to make this work. All right. So, yeah, it sounds like we are going to hit the WNUS radio news station. If you guys don't want to talk amongst yourselves, we can fast forward to into that scene. Uh, I do want Aaron to find uh, Phantom real quick and just put a hand on uh, their shoulders and be like, Hey, you uh, you good? Is Phantom invisible? As they're uh, I think Phantom's not invisible, but Phantom is on top of a shelf, so he's cute. <laughs> I don't know if you could reach Phantom. He's just going to clamber up a couple shelves and just put a hand on their arm. You good, bud? When you find Phantom, they have that picture from the library episode. uh, And they are crying. Oh, uh... Yeah, I'm... I'm... I don't know. Anything you need to talk about? I... When I... When I came to Prime, I didn't come alone. I haven't been traveling alone. I had a friend. His name was Ollie. That's why you've been asking about him so much? Yeah, uh... He... he, um... I keep... I can't stop thinking about it. I think about it all the time. Ed Katz was the only person who really knew what happened, but uh, when we came to Prime, we were gonna leave, and the DNA, he had it strapped to his chest, and it exploded. The last thing I saw was him shoving me away, and it, it just blew up, and... And that's why you hate his dad. That's not why I hate his dad, but... Well, I mean, the first time we met him, you yelled, how dare you, which made me realize he was an asshole I could hit. I saw him after happening. I went to tell him that his son was dead and he didn't care. It's it's complicated. It's it's a long story, but I just. Have you ever had to watch someone you loved 
tie right in front of you, just unable, just knowing that you couldn't do anything about it. No, I, I haven't had to go through that. No, I, uh, I had a moment where a bunch of people were going to die and I did have something I could do about it. And that's why, uh, that's why I'm hanging out with you now, probably. So, no, I, listen, Phantom, I'm, I'm real sorry. That's, I'm sorry you've been going through that and that you've been kind of taking it all on yourself, but that's, that sucks. It's okay, I, it's important to have the strength to deal with things on your own. That's what my parents always told me. Well, that was before you were stuck with a bunch of other idiots going between dimensions. It's why I was so afraid back in Chris's world when we were talking about the ENA, why I was just, I don't, I can't, I won't let any of you die if I could stop it. Well, good, because the feeling's mutual. You can't, you can't tell anyone else about this. I don't. Okay, so it sounds like there is a comfort support going on and a yep. share of vulnerability. So I got an eight. Cool. And that, that sounded like opening up. So I'm going to mark guilty and then clear guilty. Aaron has kind of been an open book about the fact that that's what happened to him. So I don't know if it's necessarily sharing a vulnerability. I, I was watching you. I know that you used to be bad. Oh, that's right. You watched me and that's not at all creepy. I mean, I watched a, a lot of Feetful. It wasn't just you. Wait. Did you think I was cool, at least? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're, you're probably one of the cooler people that we're traveling with. All right, well, hot damn. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry I've been so weird to you about, you know. Look, man, I get it. Cat is hot as shit, and <laughs> I understand the- I mean, I've been kind of getting tight with Cat, but- it's not, it ain't like that with, with me and Kat at all. I, I'm pretty sure it's obvious that I have a massive, stupid schoolboy crush on Judy. <laughs> well, don't worry, I won't, I won't tell anyone. And it's just, you know, I just, I don't want to lose Kat like I lost Ollie. Maybe not in the same way, but she's really important to me. And I'd do anything for her. I got your back, bud. All right, let's let's get out of here. I'm I'm done talking about my feelings. Let's go. You want a hug? No. And don't tell anyone. And I swear, <laughs> if you tell anyone what I told you, I can go invisible. You'll never see me coming. That's not terrifying at all, Phantom. Thank you. I I'm still gonna offer you the hug, though. No, it's it's fine. I I. I'm imagining, like, arms outstretched, and... And he's just gonna kind of switch it into finger snap, thumbs up. Good talk! Cool. Uh, so that ends that scene. This scene starts with the camera sweeping over the coastal area of Rancho Paseo. The WNUS radio news station is close to the coast, or at least it was in Rancho Paseo Prime. But here, it actually looks like the coast has been carved out so that the sea is now actually going straight into 
the radio station, and that is going to be your point of ingress. As the camera sweeps over this view, you see a moose trying to just like ford this new inlet of water, and then it falls into the water, and then you just see bubbles of blood. And then the camera sweeps in, and you see a cloud almost of little piranha-like robots. Then the camera sweeps past them and then sweeps into like a sewer entrance where you guys are popping out of the river. I'm assuming you guys got into wetsuits or something here, but that is up to you if you want a cool undressing scene as you get out of the river. Yeah, sure. And then getting into my actual uniform. Yeah, I I think it'd be funny if uh, Phantom takes off their wetsuit and somehow the cloak just fit (laughs) underneath it. The cloak was in the (laughs) wetsuit. Yes. (laughs) It's like, Phantom, you're so round in that. Yeah, so so they had to find an extra large wetsuit for you so you can fit your cloak in. You look very awkward in the wetsuit. Rain and Feedback look all sexy and dripping and wet as they come out of the, the water. And then you come out all kind of weird and blobby looking. Just waddle out of the water. Someone please take Feedback and Rain being sexy and dripping and wet out of context. Listen, I feel like it fits very much that Feedback and Rain look sexy and Phantom looks kind of awkward and weird. The next thing you guys come across is this giant locked door with the shape of a bull on it. And from here, what do you do? Do we know where uh, the... uh... Do we have to go like up to the top to do this? You don't have to get to the top. The main control room, which is like in the the center of this building. Phantom will say, uh, I'll scout ahead a little bit and then let you know what I see. All right, stay safe. What is your plan to get through the door? Are you going to blast it open or do you have a sneakier way of getting in? Uh, how is the door locked? Like, is it just open or? It's just a big sealed steel door, basically. Hmm. Does Phantom have any experience picking locks? That seems like something that could be in character for them. Yeah, I feel like Phantom knows how to pick a lock, actually. You little thief. <laughs> let If you want to do it quietly, let's see uh, Unleash Your Powers as you try to pick this lock. That's an eight. Cool. So would you like to unstable or temporary or market condition? Uh, I will just be unstable or temporary. Okay. So you're not going to know this, but you unlock it in such a way that it locks behind you. And it's not one that just has an easy unlock on the other side. So if you wanted to go back out this way on your way out, it will, it'll be a barrier again on your way out. This is a fire hazard. Probably, but they're also robots and probably fireproof. That's true. After they've been set on fire once. Could you uh, describe what this scene looks like? Do you have like a cool techno lockpick or are you pulling out like a, a leather satchel and unroll a set of tools? Phantom like reaches underneath their cloak. They have this belt uh, around their waist that has a bunch of like... Utility belt. Yeah, a utility belt. So they reach into one of the pockets and they pull out this device. It doesn't look like a lockpick at first, but then they kind of like click something and some the po- 
the the top of it kind of like pops out and like glows a little bit and they start picking the lock with that kind of like putting it in and like <laughs> like shove it into the lock and there's a series of clicks and noises that opens it up I, i'm assuming though but it's, it's not like loud noises it's just little beats yeah. that you can hear yeah excellent and the door swings open and on the other side it looks like this place is overrun by really complicated looking Roombas because they have adapted to use these things designed for humans by having these little bots that are doing all the uh, weird administrative work. So there are some little tiny bots that are scuttering across the ground. There are some larger bots that are going from room to room, but no one has seen you yet. You just see a bunch of robots going on with their day. Phantom is going to call, like, wave the others over. All right, we can go about this one of two ways. We can try and sneak through this room, or we could fight our way through the room. Um, look, man, I, I remember the episode of Star Trek. These guys are kind of uh, this universe's ripoff of, and um. I feel like if we just keep our heads down and aren't perceived as a threat, we can probably get through because they're not expecting anyone to be here, basically. Just think robot thoughts. Think robot thoughts. I could carry you, carry one of you across. I don't know if I could carry both of you. So if one of you feels safer in my arms. Well, there is a robot version of me running around somewhere here. So, uh. I'm not great at sneaking. Yeah, no. Um, you are about as subtle as. Look, I had a real funny analogy, but I lost it. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'll, we'll circle back later. Your analogy was more subtle than I am. <laughs> I will pick up Raid into my arms. Oh my. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, so. Let's have one of you roll and assess the situation for. What here can I use to get in safely, or something along those lines? Because we haven't rolled that yet, this this universe. I would like to do it, because I have sharpened eyes. Alright, go for it. Hopefully holding our flamboyant magical boy in your arms won't hurt your roll at all. Excuse me, flamboyant magical man. <laughs> oh no, that's a miss! If one of you can think of a way to spend team to help Phantom... Do, do their scouting if we can make this work. Or we can just take the miss. Yeah, I'm literally in their arms. I could, like, help by pointing things out. <laughs> Phantom, look over there. You're invisible, though, so they can't see you point. I, I can grab Phantom's head and turn it in the direction <laughs> that I want them to be looking. Whoa. Hey, listen. You have such a firm grip. Yeah, so so I I'm more than willing to to allow that to give you the team if you uh, want to make that a hit instead. Oh yes, I'm gonna ask. Oh, what's here is the biggest threat. As you are scanning about, you see these dumb-looking robots that are they're obviously built for one or two purposes. They're like Roombas. They are just round with uh, a fitting that goes exactly where they need to go but you end up in like a security room and you see a bunch of cameras that are being watched by uh, security bots. The 
security bots here, they actually look... Let's go with lions. These are Leo bots. But what you see that catches your eye in the feed is that there are at least two robots that look kind of just like people, and you haven't seen that. Has has feedback told uh, the other other guys about you and Rain? Uh, He hasn't yet, no. So you just see a rather... A robot that looks more like a cyborg than these robot things. And then uh, from Sharpened Eyes, what's my best way past? Your best way past here is going to be, let's go with, with the vents. Let's, let's, go, let's go die hard. All right. I will let the others know. Do I see the robot? Like the cyborg, rather? I think when I point it out to you. I just go, oh. Oh, shit. That's a... Uh... We should avoid him. Uh, so I think his name is Finn here. Uh, he's apparently other me's air quotes partner looks at rain. And he's also, I guess you. So huh. I didn't want to bring that up for reasons that are obviously very awkward. I honestly think that it's more awkward that you didn't. So you're dating in this dimension. Interesting. Uh, we're evil robot boyfriends in this dimension. You know, that's pretty cool. It's not the word I would have used. Uh, well, not the evil part, but the robot boyfriend part. I mean... Yeah, I guess there's there's a, an appeal there. Uh-huh, so you would say you want to be Wayne's boyfriend. I, I don't know. Audience polls indicate that the more evil you are, the cooler the audience thinks that you are. So... Let's just get into the fucking vents, please. <laughs> yeah, so we, we go die hard, crawling into these vents that are way too big for what they're doing. You guys were given a map of what this place should have looked like. Like, they, they were able to get blueprints for it. But it's been pretty clear that they have made some heavy modifications. There are rooms that are just missing, and there are some places that are just completely walled off that don't exist in the plans. But for the most part, you are able to get to the recording room where like the the DJ or the host would sit. And then the control room would be on the other side of, well, it would normally be on the other side of like a glass thing so that the producers can watch the host. But one of those heavy walls has been placed here instead. What do you do? Well, we can trigger an alarm now if we want to keep moving, or we can try and find a way around, but I'm honestly getting really annoyed right now. I'm about ready to just go ape shit. Well, as long as you don't destroy anything that we need. All right, it's about to get noisy. Cover your ears, guys. And Aaron is going to start revving up, and he's going to try and um shake the wall apart. Cool. Uh, I will give you the option. Uh, this is something you couldn't just do. Um, or if you want to uh, roll to unleash your powers, uh, you can do that as well. I'm going to roll to unleash my powers. Oh, man, that was really close to being a miss, actually. <laughs> um, okay, that is a seven. Do you want to make that unstable or temporary, or do you want to mark a condition? I'm going to mark angry right now. Angry seems to fit. So uh, what does this look like? The power starts pulsing, and you see the LED start revving up. You hear the humming building into a high-pitched wail, and he just puts his hands on the wall and starts like ripping apart the um, 
Like it, it starts violently vibrating. Like the screws shake themselves loose, the bolts fall apart, and then eventually it just sort of starts to crack. And then he can just, eventually it's enough that they can brute force their way through. So that happens, and you guys are able to make your way through to the control room. Unfortunately, that wasn't particularly subtle, and there are alarms blaring about halfway through the process. So you guys won't be alone here for very long. But you are in the control room that you were expecting to be in. So there is a control station that Phantom is probably the best equipped to start tinkering with and to connect the ENA. But that is going to take some time. It's not a, you know, a quick USB plug-in. It's one of those missions where you you have an NVC tinker with technology and you have to protect them. But this is, you two have to protect Phantom. I cannot believe I triggered an escort quest. I, I regret everything I've ever done. Hey, I mean, it's me, at least. All right, he's, and is there one entrance to this room or are there multiple? There are other entrances from the other walls, yeah. And the one you just made. I'm going to focus on the what looks like the primary uh, form of egress, and I'm just going to start revving up my powers again and just crack my knuckles on my neck. Rain is going to prepare his weapon by pulling out his magic wand and converting it into a bow. Let's give Phantom and unleash your powers to see how much trouble you're going to have as you tinker with this tech. All right, let's see. Oh, that's a 12. <laughs> Fucking yeah. You see how you are going to need to connect this. You still have to actually implement it, but this technology isn't that confusing to you. You do see places that ha- were, uh, the technology was probably just stolen from super systems, and those are the parts that you recognize. This is Unix. I know this. Easy peasy. I could do this with my hands tied behind my back and my eyes closed. Not that I would. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, not the time to explore that. <laughs> I'll get right on it. Just make sure you keep me safe. I don't think either of you could do this. With both of our hands and our eyes open. From there, spotlights show up out of nowhere. Like, literally, the lights start in empty space and spin around and start to focus on you. And then as the smoke clears, the smoke of the the rubble and the explosion, you see two figures back to back and they are looking at you. One of them is, is Finn. So he is wearing a purple tailcoat tuxedo, a white mask, and you can tell that there are parts of him that are cybernetic. It's not like major heroes prosthetics that are obviously sort of dumb. They were able to punch things. These look like advanced cybernetic prosthetics. And then uh, the other side looking like a, I believe they are called candy ravers. Bright and colors plastered all over him is Xavier. Well, looks like the show is about to start now that we're here. I'm not even going to let him finish. I just use my power to launch myself and haymaker Xavier. So you use your sound waves to do that. And 
the next instant you hear a matching sound wave from Xavier and he noise cancels you. Has Feedback ever had experience fighting someone that has similar powers to him? No, not really. Okay. Um, so you've seen that the robots have sound tech like yours or sound powers uh, like yours and you are pretty easily able to figure out that they probably got them from this Xavier or this version of you and he probably has a lot of experience fighting or, and training with people that have sound powers. Cool. I'm just going to look at him and just stare at him for a moment and just be like, your sister needed you, you stupid son of a bitch. Excuse me, do I know you? <laughs> You're about to get very familiar with me. You decide to pull a stupid heroic sacrifice, make everything worse for everyone, and leave her alone. How fucking dare you? Look, I, I still don't know who you are. You're talking like you know me. I'm what you should have been, you asshole. And the mask is going to pull away from his face. And I'm just going to stare him in the eyes. Why are you not Vapor? You want to fucking try it? I'm just going to reach out and just beckon. And then I'm going to sound blast uh, Finn instead. And so go raid hit him. So are, are you guys doing like an exchange thing uh, where you are fighting your other... So Rain is fighting feedback, and feedback is fighting Rain. Is that what's going on here? Or at least just to open it up, that's what uh, feedback is attempting to get going, so that we can at least get an opening on him. All right, Rain is uh, going to turn to the alternate feedback and uh, uh, fire a uh, multi arrow at him. Awesome! Give me a directly engage a threat. I believe in you. You can do it. Well, we saw how well that went last time. It went so well. Uh, that is an eight. Cool. Uh, I will surprise the opposition. So your light arrows just fire towards Xavier, and you see Finn, the other rain, turn into sparkles and kind of like super speed away so that he's safe from this barrage. But Xavier is kind of just standing there surprised by it. So on a hit, you trade blows. So you did not choose to resist or avoid their blows. So as your arrows kind of knock Xavier backwards, he sends his own little sound blast towards you. And unless feedback wants to try and defend here, I'm going to need you to mark a condition. Sure. Um, normally I would, but given how mad... Uh, actually, you know what? Yeah, feedback's gonna defend. Uh, I'm gonna roll plus savior, which is admittedly a minus one. That is a natural 12, Aww. so... My hero. Awesome. I'm gonna add a team to the pool, because I don't think Aaron's done being angry yet. Cool. So what does this defend look like from Aaron against other Aaron? So that noise cancel trick was cool. He's gonna do that right back. Cool. There are cool little shots of these two sound effects coming in and hitting each other and kind of, even though it's not how it works, they kind of explode against each other uh, for cool visual effects. But since 
they are taking a condition, I get to pull a condition move here. So what's going to happen is that Finn, who turned into sparkles earlier to escape these arrows, you see him kind of appear up and above Phantom, and then you see him dive towards Phantom and turn into sparkles again. Hey, time busy. Probably going to attack Phantom somehow. Can I launch myself at him? Um, absolutely, you can try. Yeah, so um, it's a it's a trick we saw him use in Fascist World. He's going to unleash a sound wave uh, with his arms aimed behind him so that he just uses the inertia to throw himself forward. And he's going to use it to essentially, like, spear tackle uh, Finn, or attempt to, at least. Okay, let's see how this goes. Go ahead and uh, roll to directly engage. All right, that is a eight. Awesome. So you get to choose one option. All right. I am going to uh, create an opportunity for my allies. I'm going to... um, Actually, I'm going to resist or avoid their blows. I feel like it's going to be enough for me to keep him off of Phantom's back. Awesome. You tackle these sparkles, and for an instant, you feel like you're not hitting anything at all, and then Finn materializes... And like you are mid-tackle in the air in front of him. And you guys hit a wall on the far end. Thank you. That hurts Aaron a lot, by the way. It's not like I'm not taking a condition for it, but yeah, that hurt doing that. So he's just going to grimace in pain as he lands. So the next thing you see is Xavier ripping off his shirt and kind of just hitting a button that's there and you see him collapse to his knees you see think circuit board sort of things extend out from the cybernetics that he has into more of his human uh human flesh and it's obvious that this hurts him but when he gets back up you can just hear this Think a subwoofer that is just turned up way too high. You can't hear anything, but you just feel a thrum. And he is just uh, pointing out a hand towards the room in general and just... I am so tired. Yeah, uh, what do you guys do? Rain, you got a cool thing you want to do here? You know, with with Rain's afraid being marked, um, I I feel like for a lot of this, he's uh, off of his game and having trouble initiating things. Uh, If you're having trouble initiating, I could make him start it and have him attack you. Sure. And this would be either unleash your powers if you're trying to dodge out of the way or do something like that, or you can just directly engage him and fight back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what Rain is going to do is he's going to combine them, basically, which will probably still be a, uh, a directly engage. He's going to uh, dodge and fire at the same time. Yep, that sounds like a directly engage to me. Which is going to be a six. Ooh, okay. Well, Phantom might be able to help, actually. Uh, if, can, can you think of a way to help Rain here? What's happening with Rain? Rain is getting blasted by a huge sound wave that, like, it's, you can 
see it in the air. The pressure wave is so big and scary. I wish there was a way like Fandrum could disable it. And I'm not sure how that would happen. I think Phantom's gonna. <laughs> Wait, I got this. Phantom takes the uh, the scythe that they got, and uh, they kind of like turn because they're still trying to do this thing with the ANA. They turn and just like throw it at uh, the ultimate feedback. Awesome. So you throw your scythe, and this dude doesn't even try to dodge it. The scythe embeds into uh like his cybernetic shoulder but it's enough to kind of uh knock him off kilter and the uh well actually uh, if it's a mixed success uh what is rain going to choose off the option list again i i am going to uh resist or avoid their blows because uh, i was dodging so what you see happen next is this huge pressure wave just take out a huge chunk of wall that was behind rain and then you feel the building itself starting to kind of shake and you can tell that was like a load-bearing wall or whatever and this room is now very unstable that was a load-bearing bank of consoles <laughs> i do have a move in mind actually so you hear another sound uh this one's more of a like a like a drum as you see feedback rising and dust starting to shake around him and his lights are now going so bright that they're starting to like literally spark and a few of them are starting to burn out as his eyes are just burning with fury as he stares down other feet um xavier and he just his arms are literally shaking with the amount of power going through them right now and he just looks at him and says you don't get to touch them in a voice that is heavily distorted. Okay. And he's going to unleash a blast right back. That is not quite as impressive, but is stronger than any blast. Uh, either of you have seen him unleash before. And he just screams and it sounds like a, it sounds like a um synthesizer, like with a flange on it. He's so like just intensely into this moment. I wish you all could fight quieter. And I would like to directly engage, I think. You are directly engaging a threat. And that is a natural 12. Awesome. So you get to choose two of them. I am going to frighten my opposition. And I am going to create an opportunity for my allies. So the, the opportunity here is going to be for Phantom, I think, if you're okay with that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I had in mind. So let, let uh, we'll give Phantom another uh, chance to play around with this tech, but with the impress, surprise, or frighten, you see Xavier's smug face as he tries his noise cancel trick again. But whatever it is that you did, you use like different frequencies than you normally do, or just so much more power than you normally do that it still knocks him backwards. But you, you, did you, Finn is still, uh, like next to you, right? You just kind of got up and turned. Yeah. Okay. So from behind you, you hear that same groan of pain. And when you turn back to look at Finn, that same sort of cybernetic poisoning 
flesh thing is happening to him as he's engaging more of this Taurus tech to enhance his powers. And yeah, so let's give Phantom their chance to do something here. Uh, give me one more Unleash Your Powers. Oh no, <laughs> that's not good. What did you roll? I rolled a five. <laughs> I have a class feature uh, that I picked as my advancement called Won't Let You Down. When you help a teammate, you can spend two out of the team pool to add plus two to their roll. That'll kick you up to a seven. It will, but how are you going to help Phantom Tech? Two people typing on the same keyboard. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go full on. What was that NCIS on this? Now I would say, uh, can I have this piggyback off of the opportunity I just gave? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I do need a little bit more for you helping Phantom here. Uh, mostly just drawing attention away from Phantom by being the loudest, biggest thing in the room. Okay. And making it so that Phantom can work un, uh, unmolested. Cool. Do you want to market condition Phantom or unstable or temporary? You know what? I'll market condition. I'm going to mark angry because everyone's trying to get in the way of my work. <laughs> very bad about it. Awesome. So uh, what happens is that you see Phantom plug in your ENA and you see those huge numbers because other phantom has changed the display to show bigger numbers and it is like scanning through them trying to find a way out of here and then the next thing you see is phantom pull out a second ena that other phantom kind of put together out of spare parts that does not work but does not work in a way that will probably explode and everyone's hoping that it will do it in a weird enough way that it'll work. I just need to know how you guys get back to Phantom and escape here. Or uh, do you want to keep fighting? You might have to um, pull feedback off because with him knocking back Xavier, he is just going to sprint at him, straddle him, and just start punching him in the face over and over and over again. Rain is going to tackle feedback. We gotta go. Okay, so feedback is just trembling, but I think hurting this guy is probably going to clear my angry condition. You would have to hurt him past a certain point. Like, if you wailed on him to cause great bodily injury, like going too far, that uh, I would give you that. I don't think you've quite hit that point yet, unless you want to shake off rain and keep going i think with how angry he is yeah he's just gonna and this is him kind of leaning back into the villain persona he used to have so rain i'm gonna have you defend other feedback uh okay savior is one that i am not bad at Ooh, but those dice aren't good so that's gonna be a four yeah so that doesn't work so yeah you can shake off rain just fine here on Phantom's end, though, you see that it's found a a connection that would work, but you see that it's not as stable as you would like, and you kind of have a a time window here. I'm going to turn to where feedback is, and I'm going to shout, We need to go now, or we're stuck here. Aaron! And that's going to stop him mid-blow. 
and he's gonna look down at um Xavier. And what does he see when he looks down at him right now? As you've been punching him, any damage that you have been doing has been repairing itself, but into like robot. So the the more you have been punching him, the less human this guy is becoming. And I just stare at him for a second and just go, Roxas is better than you will ever be. And I just spit on him as I stand up. Roxas is alive because of me, you dumbass. Yeah, you had to play hero. You could have done anything else to get away from that. You could have been alive for her. Aaron, we need to go. You could try and convince yourself you made the right call all you fucking want, but you gave up. You gave up on her and you gave up on them. You left your sister alone in a world that wants her dead. And her enemy wears her brother's face. She has to live with that every day. Fuck you. As you're doing that, he gets back up. Well, how does it feel knowing that your sister's going to die because of your stubborn fucking hubris? And I think that is when the Phantom presses the button. Thanks for listening. In this timeline, Quintessential Hero, the delinquent, is played by Eric, who is also our fearless editor. He can be found on Twitter as at PrimeFactorX01 or as the voice of Silk in the Shadows of St. Fleur podcast. Phantom, the Nomad, is played by Charlie. This he can be found on Twitter as at Magical underscore Pride or on Sir Podcast as at Prepod Engage. Aaron Feedback Riley, the Reformed, is played by Tom. He can be found on Twitter as at Albion Graves or on his podcast as at GMM Cast. Rainy Woodrose Sunrise, the Star, is played by M. He is on Twitter as at Mac. And I'm Lee, your narrator and dimensional tour guide. I can be found on Twitter as at The Law of Names. Otherware is produced by Law of Names Games. Our other projects can be found at lawofnames.com. It's played in Masks, A New Generation by Brendan Conway from Magpie Games, at Magpie Official on Twitter. Our theme music is composed by Michael Freitag, on Twitter as at Admiral Omara. The actions and opinions presented here belong to the individuals from this dimension only and are not representative of any other selves known or unknown. Otherware is not responsible for any side effect drifting produced by listening to this podcast. Next time on Otherware. Is it like, I punch you in the throat? And I think that might be an actual camel. Which, of course, the answer is corn fanta. And I, I shoot Quint a dirty look. I hope they take a bite out of crime. Quint, just go, like, hide in a shadow or something. Quint is an emotional rock today. And I, I'm tucking it into my pocket with a zipper. Now I just have a giant glowing ball of pissed off juniper. Oh, great. You're a cat burglar. Rabbit burglar? Is, is that offensive? Can it just... Ask why she's. It's not hard to explain, Quint. Guess we're getting a room, everyone. How could I get y'all to help me rob some rich people? Mm-hmm.